Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Owl, and I'm here with... Hank Owl. Hank, this is our Sunday review of Dragon Con. This is our third one. Uh, how was your day at the con? It was pretty uh, con-alicious. It was con We did a lot of things involving the Arrowverse mainly, and we did the vendors today. We did do that the vendors. That was a lot of fun. We did do the vendors, and we'll get to all that. But how do we start our day? We started our day with something new for us. We did a photo shoot. What would be called, like, because not the Walk of Fame, but there's, you can pay for a specific photo with this specific person that you have to pay extra for, but it's like a much better photo. Exactly. So you have your Walk of Fame area. And you don't have to wait in line as long. And in that the Walk of Fame, you have the booth set up and you can wait in line or, or not wait in line, depending on who's there and the timing of it and who else wants to talk to the person you're talking to. But if it's somebody... Maybe specifically you know you want to get some time with, you know you want to get a photo with. There's also this company called Epic, and they have contracted out to do uh, professionally taken photographs with different people. And so we did that for the first time today. We bought this maybe four or five days ago. They give you a big group time. Like when I bought the, the ticket, it, basically, it just said Sunday. And then as we got closer to the con, and I guess the schedules got firmed up, then they gave us an actual time, was 11.40. And we got there, what, Hank, about 11.20, 25 or so? Yeah, we were second in line. Yeah, it was nice, because there was a group, you're, you're organized by group, and there were at least, I would say, 30 people that we know of in our group. So it actually really behooved us to to get there early like we did and become second in line. And we waited for a while. And the waiting was kind of cool, though, because, you know, it's all in one section, and it's almost like a little tent city or cubicle city. You know, they have it kind of cordoned off. And we, who saw, did we get to see? We saw Peter Capaldi and Pearl Mackey walk through the door to get to their booth for their shooting. We did indeed. And so that's one of the actors who played the doctor, and that's a companion. And somebody we really debated about whether to spend the money to do a picture with them. They were more expensive than the person we did get. And who did we get, though? We got Tom Cavanaugh. Tell them who Tom Cavanaugh is. Tom Cavanaugh plays... Okay, gotta take a deep breath for the characters I know he plays. Dr. Harrison Wells. What show? The Fla- on The Flash. Dr. Harrison Wells. Dr. Harrison... Eobard Thawne as Dr. Harrison Wells, Dr. Harrison Wells from Earth 2, Dr. Harrison Wells from another alternate Earth, 50, 10, 50 other Dr. Wellses from alternate Earths, and just appears so much during the Flash. He is practic- He is basically the Flash. He's more, syn- I guess for me, synonymous with the Flash than Grant Gustin, who plays the Flash. Yeah, I think it's fair to say he's our favorite character and, and favorite actor. Uh, you might remember him from a television show called Ed that was on NBC for a while. Uh, I never watched Ed, but you know I remember I remember the show. 
And then he's done other things too. I think he's done a lot of theater as well. Um, and he was just a guy we really admire. His how he's created these subtle differences, or and sometimes not so subtle differences with the characters that he plays on the show Flash, which is a show that we enjoy a lot. And how was the experience, Hank? Like just like the logistics of moving, like sit standing in line, then moving in, and it was very easy. Felt very fast too. Got in there like, hey, Top Capital, shot by Top Capital. Yeah, so I agree with that. It was very, very efficient, very quick. I think if you want the chance to spend more time with the person, like if you want like some FaceTime more so than just getting the picture, probably going to the Walk of Fame is the better route. Yeah, I would recommend the Walk of Fame better than getting your own photo shoot for somebody. Depending on what you want to get out of it. Uh, I'd agree with that. I, mean, I just was pleased what because we of did. what I want to get out of it. I didn't want to wait in line for him, and I think Tom would have had a a pretty good line. I was pleased with how we did it, and he he made nice comments. I was wearing a, a t shirt from the Bitter Southerner. If you don't know that online magazine, please check them out. Uh, said uh, saying abide no hatred, and Hank had a uh, Star Lab shirt on, which is uh, the laboratory in the flash and he made kind of quick comments and was very friendly very nice you know we had you know 10 to 10 to 30 seconds with him did the photo you move from that room and they usher you into this other area where they have like you know 50 printers you know printing really nice quality uh photographs and ours i thought ours turned out great and we we paid ten dollars extra to get a digital copy of it as well so if you go to my Instagram, uh, you can see that there. Or my Facebook page, either way. Michael Henry Harris. Uh, and that's how our day started. And I, I, I was thoroughly pleased. And later, after getting a photo with Tom Cavanaugh, we did something totally different and went to a Tom Cavanaugh panel with other Arrowverse members, of course. We did. And we were a little bit nervous about the time because we had, were in the 1140 group. But yet the panel that we wanted to see with the Arrowverse and Tom Cavanaugh was at 1 p.m. And as you, if you've listened to the other podcasts, you know that these big panels, the line starts forming an hour to an hour and a half to two hours ahead of time. So we were a little bit worried about getting through this, but because we were second in line and it was efficient, we ended up getting a great place in line for the 1 o'clock panel. Yeah, we were a lot closer than I suspected we'd ever get to. Uh, and the waiting line was fine. We were in the shade. You know, I had a book. Hank had a book. We read. We talked. We people watched. You know, we talked to the people around us a little bit. And again, you know, the best thing about Dragon Con is the people watching. So even if we had nothing to read or no phone to play on, I forgot my phone. Easily, <laughs> you did forget your phone. You can easily amuse yourself uh, just with the people around you. So let's talk about this uh, panel. What did you think of the panel today? We've been to a bunch of big panels. We had great seats for this one. Um, first of all, tell people who was on it. The people that were on it was uh, Tom Cavanaugh, of course. John Barrowman, who plays Malcolm Merlin, or also known as the Dark Archer, man antagonist of season one of Arrow, and I guess a big character otherwise, uh, I can't remember his name, but he plays the Adam. Uh, Brendan Ralph. Brendan Brandon Ralph, and he plays the Adam on Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. He also played Superman. 
Yeah, he was in the big, I think it was Zack Snyder reboot. Superman, Superman Returns. Yeah. Was it by Zack Snyder? I, maybe. Maybe not. I'll have to look that up. And also... Uh, Victor Garber. Victor Garber, who we got a, also got a photo with the Walk of Fame. Exactly. So, and if, uh, again, we've, we've, we've talked he about plays, the uh, before. And it's, you know, again, it's a show on CW. Started with, you know, Arrow, Green Arrow. And now there's like four or five shows all in the same kind of universe. And what Marvel is doing great in the movies, uh, DC is doing great on television. Just maybe their movies aren't quite as good. We can talk about that on another podcast. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we had these four guys. They had a moderator from Los Angeles. I forgot what his deal was. I think he was a, you know, a writer for, uh, you know, a publication out there, you know, covers you know, the media. And I got to be honest with you, Hank. I thought this was my favorite panel that we've been to so far. I mean, my favorite was the John Barrowman one because he's John Barrowman. Just the John Barrowman show? Just the John Barrowman show. Let me tell you why I like this one better. Because the panelists, their interaction with each other, you can tell they Uh, all genuinely like each other and respect each other's acting talents. And while John Barrowman, and he was great during this panel... Because he is so hilarious, so outgoing, so fun. Sometimes it gets a little bit much to me. It was just him by himself, kind of riffing and interacting with the crowd. It just becomes a little much. Now it was a little diluted in like the perfect amount. But I thought, uh, I thought Tom Cavanaugh said some amazingly poignant things about just being grateful for the, the opportunities that he has. I thought Brendan Routh made some very insightful, poignant comments. And I thought Victor Garber was, you know, I can see why he was Professor Stein on the show and brilliant. Because he just has this air of intelligence about him that I was just really impressed by. And all of them were funny. They all made great little comments, a lot of times to themselves or to each, you know, another panelist. And, but it was, it was thoroughly enjoyable. I have a theory, this loosely really badly put together theory that Brandon Ruth's character the Adam is going to die season 4 Legends of Tomorrow just because of his face when they brought up character deaths oh, did he? my <laughs> mind was that he heard like, like recently that his character was going to die because every time they brought up character deaths I can't I would get a show death and you can't see my face was like <laughs> yeah, Hank's looking like that. Oh, uh, well, it could, could be anybody. Uh, that's that's interesting. I wonder if that'll that'll prove to be true. Um, so that's this was my favorite panel. Was but what did we do after the panel? After the panel, do you have anything we, more to say about the panel? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, me neither. I would just say I want to watch more of these shows. I know that we had some uh, good old. Checkers lunch. Yeah, we hit the food court at the Peachtree Center area, and it was kind of crazy crowded. And there were there's some tables around. You know, the con. I think it goes a little nuts. Uh, it was still under construction, but we grabbed some food. We hit the sidewalk. We found some shade. Uh, I took a I think a beautiful photograph of like the skyline um, that I'll post to the Instagram also. And we just had a nice lunch again out in the you know beautiful Atlanta day. And people watching, like costumes going by all the time. Tons of fun. Now, the other thing, and we were talking about, like, we've done things at the con, we do different things, different times. 
one of the most fun things is just walking around what's known as like the vendor halls. And that's where different uh, companies set up little booths and sell things. And it's three floors in the America's Mart. But this was interesting. How did it help about the process for actually getting in to the Mart? Because this was crazy to me. It's a 10-day journey to get into the America's Mart. Uh, they're like funneled into a line that went around like three blocks. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't quite three blocks. It, but it was felt amazing. like three blocks. They shut down John Portman Avenue, I think, is the name of it. And so we you walk down the center of that just to turn around and walk back up the hill, just to turn around and walk down the hill again. This time you're closer to the building, and to your left is the building, and then another line going back up the hill. So we thought, okay, we go down the hill, maybe we hit the corner, maybe we turn back around. No. We went all the way down to the corner, took a left, walked all the way down that street, took another left at the end of the building, walked back up a hill, then turned around. So it was this incredibly long process, which I've never seen them, uh, I don't, I've never seen them do that before. Usually you can take like a skywalk thing from America's Mart 1 and then into America's Mart 2, but this was a different kind of situation. And it was, you know, just to route traffic. And honestly, I think it, even though it was a little daunting at first, it worked pretty well, I thought, once we were inside. Uh, yeah, it did. I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. Like, uh, <laughs> These late night podcasts are getting, uh, are getting to us, I think. So, what did we find in the vendor? What do we do? What do we buy that we always buy every year? And what was in it this time? We always buy a mystery box, and usually we buy a regular mystery box because there's different themes with different style of stuff in it. We what is a mystery box? A mystery box is a box full of just randomly assorted things or mystery things that you don't know, and it kind of makes the stuff that's in it more valuable because you just want to find out what's in it. Yes, but well, what kind of things? Uh, is there an elephant inside the box? <laughs> <Is there laughs> different toys. and Yeah, it's all like kind of geek-related paraphernalia. We've had t-shirts, we've had like you know, paint glasses, buttons, stickers, um, little like paperweights. There's been all kinds of like little like pencils I think we had in one of them one year. There's usually like you know, one, the biggest thing or the most valuable thing will usually be like a nice t-shirt, usually, I think. It's probably the most expensive thing in there. And they range from, you can buy a box from $25 to all the way to like 150 bucks, depending on how big the box is and depending on what fandom is around. What fandom did we do this time? We did uh, Ready Player One and we got a bunch of 80s and Ready Player One themed stuff. My fave. Not a surprise, right? Ready Player One, all about the, you know, the kind of 80s nostalgia, right? Retro. Yep. And some of the things we got in there were the key number for from The Shining, the room, that, the most haunted room. Yeah, like a keychain, 227. When you get older, I want you to see that movie. And also, there's a documentary with that. Maybe it's not 227. That may not be the right room number. That might be like a really bad sitcom I'm thinking of. But from 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But it has that room. And there's a documentary with that is the name of the documentary all about the movie and the impact in that room. So that was pretty cool, I thought. Yeah, and another thing we got was 
a figurine of one of the aliens from Space Invaders. Yeah, that was kind of fun. It's kind of cool. Like, it's like a little paperweighter toy. You know, we might you know play with it or put it on, you know, a, a desk. What else? Uh, there was also a Ready for One mug. Right. You that gotta, changes from hot and cold. Yeah, so like the image on the mug changes if there's hot water in it versus cold water. What else? Uh, there was also a... don't exactly remember what the lanyard was. Yeah, there was a, like a Pac-Man lanyard. Pac-Man lanyard and an Atari hat, which I like that hat. Yeah, it's my you, favorite you look hat. Cool in, you look cool in that hat. I dig that hat. I was wearing my Rick and Morty, my Rick be- beanie that day. And it's weird that I got another hat the day I decided to wear a hat. Exactly. You, you uh, Accio hat. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, d- I decided to wear the Rick beanie over my hat. I thought that looked good. We're both at the same time. So these vendor halls are not for the faint of heart. They are very crowded. It is great people watching again, but you really also have to just be, you know, cognizant and careful not to just run over people because you're trying to look at the cool things on the right and left and there's people in front of you and they're stopping also to look and there's conversations happening. It's really fun. Um, And there's a wide range of things there. Anything from like swords and knives that are, you know, kind of costume to um, leather goods. So there's lots of uh, like corsets, like leather kind of retro vintage kind of corsets that people have made and you can be fitted for. Tons of cool geeky t-shirts and we bought in some we bought in that's a good word <laughs> we bought some in the past and we bought uh we got one today too right yeah which was a stormtrooper at his desk banging his head like what face palming saying those were the droids i was looking for <laughs> exactly and i think well the t-shirt i bought a year ago or two years ago was one of those that had the image of the dalek on it from doctor who and it's like you know, hey, look, it's R2-D2. I loved you in Star Trek or something like that. You know, completely messing up who they are in, you know, several different ways. Uh, so tons of fun, geeky t-shirts like that. Lots of pop culture t-shirts, like a Pulp Fiction t-shirt and things like that. Um, tons of, like, you know, socks. Like, you know, cool kind of geeky socks. Like, there's, I mean, there's three floors of it. So there's so many things. Um and it's exhausting but it really is part of you know it's one of the more fun things to do I think yes I had a bunch of fun just walking all throughout and seeing like what everyone had to offer like there were book authors there and there were artists on this side there were some naughty anime photos I shouldn't be looking at but uh, but just everything you could possibly imagine yeah, it's a very cool thing. And then on another floor is just like the kind of the comic artists alley, to where tons of comic book artists are there, and they have uh, stuff they've done. You can buy prints and paintings and reproductions and things like that. Uh, that's very cool. And again, the talent is is just ridiculous. Uh, really, really talented folks. And that took a while. So we were it was probably about five thirty, five forty five or six o'clock, and we were just like, okay, we're done. We're tired. Uh, and we did have some panel ideas that we wanted to go to, but it took uh, longer than we anticipated to get into the Mart. And then we just enjoyed being there. 
and there's refreshments there. You can, uh, you know, grab something to eat and drink, which is good. And it's nice and air conditioned. So it was fun. I would say this was a really, a really good, fun, efficient day at the con. And I was worried about that. I was worried about us missing like the Arrowverse panel and then trying to figure out what we wanted to do after that. Oh, you know, something I just now noticed this con is I don't, I think the mystery box sellers, because some of them were like other brand mystery boxes. What do you mean? Like, uh, other brand mystery box mean? Uh, there were some Funko mystery boxes, just specifically, I think, Funko brand, and there was the Mr. Meeseeks box that we saw in Boston. Right, so you're saying that... What are you saying? I'm just saying that it's a cool hub for different, like, boxes, how they kind of put it all together. Oh, okay. If okay. if that is what it is. Yeah, so back in the day, it was just, you'd buy a box, it was just a mystery box with a question mark on it, and now you have options of your fandom to buy the mystery box. And I think people are like joining the fun too. I saw a couple of t-shirt places where you could buy, they would wrap three t-shirts up in a mystery and you know, you wouldn't know what you get, but you get a discount when you buy them. So I think they're, I think vendors are, they're attuned to the fact that we like the little bit of element of chance in it, like a game. Uh, our school recently were doing mystery boxes as prizes for selling, for selling things at a fundraiser. We're making jokes because like the thing was so big, and we just assumed it was a mystery box full of cardboard. Just cardboard in it. Just, just cardboard. That'd be uh, that'd be that'd be funny, but tragic. <laughs> but I like the idea. Um. So yeah. So that was Sunday at the con for us. We're as you can probably tell, exhausted. It's not as late as it has been when we were recording these, but I'm definitely Hank is definitely working into sleep deficit. I am as well. But we're down to one more day for Dragon Con 2018. And Hank, what do you think about taking the microphones down there and trying to talk to a few con goers and see what their kind of favorite thing about the con was this year and worst thing, that kind of thing? I think we should bring them down to the con. Maybe not ask people, but just record their, maybe at that spot we ate our lunch at. That seemed like a pretty good location. And just talk about the environment there and then maybe if we decide we want to we can bring the microphone to some people there all right so let's, we'll bring the equipment down and see how we feel there are a couple of panels that i think we want to go to and i still haven't even been in any small of the writing panels that i usually enjoy but uh that may not be that may not happen i definitely time. won't forget my phone tomorrow yes for going to those bring the phone <laughs> you, you, you tend to get something out of those too We'll figure it out. We don't really have a great agenda for tomorrow. But I, t- we'll, uh, I tend to feel off of your enjoyment. Oh, that's kind of fun. Like a good little happiness leech. I like that because I definitely do that with you all the time, man. I dig that. It's fun seeing you happy and interested and having fun. Yep. It's nice to know. It's cool that we can go to this place and both leech on it off of each other's happiness. That's a nice thing. Yeah. Go team. I love you. But now I have the internet. Hey, so I, I can leech off the internet's happiness. <laughs> that's right. That's all. That's good, too. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So that does it for tonight, our Sunday wrap up. Uh, look for uh, our Monday wrap up tomorrow night, and maybe there'll be some uh, guest 
uh, people talking about their con experience. But maybe not. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Y'all. You'll never know. Well, well they'll know, well, they'll know tomorrow t- night. Till tomorrow night. <laughs> or tomorrow day. Or, or tomorrow day. I don't know. It'll probably be tomorrow night, though. Oh, yeah, because actual uploading it, not just recording it. we got to record it, you know, you upload it, do that kind of stuff. Yep. All right, see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Serzier and Antoine Harad. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.